Troops, here we are. It's Easter. Um, we've got our first guest from the United States of America. Guess what? They're living the COVID-19 nightmare as well. Um, I want to take time to introduce Adam from the Wild Child Workshop. Um, if you were ever a kid and you played in a treehouse, I guarantee you never played in a treehouse as good as these. Um, fantastic product. I looked at it the other day on social media and I was like, I wish I lived in America because I'd want this guy to build me a treehouse. Adam, welcome to the show. Sir. How are you doing? Uh, thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be on. Uh, it's a pleasure for you um, making time to come on the show. Currently, what time is it where you are? Uh, it's 11.22 a.m. Brilliant, brilliant. How how's things in Corona America? It's going. It's uh, it's obviously <laughs> slowed down, kind of like I'm sure everywhere. But uh, our routines have changed up. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, we're just pushing on. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the business you're a partner of. Um, how did you get into it? And what's it like when you create these tree houses for um, children and they see them for the first time? I've got this like. West Coast customs, like big reveal, and the kids just go crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I started. I guess uh, one of my longtime friends that I've known since high school came to me last summer, yeah. and uh, they've been doing this for a while. And he's like, "Man, I'm I'm turning business down. What do you think about coming a partner and let's go build some tree houses and playgrounds and go have some fun?" I uh, wow. thought about it for a little bit, and December 13th of 2019, I quit my job of 18 and a half years uh, right. in the corporate world and, and joined forces with him, and we've, we've literally, I haven't worked a day since I started, man. We just go out and play and have fun and enjoy ourselves and try to make these dreams come true for these clients. Wow. Um what sort of people are buying tree houses and, and what's the sort of price range or isn't there a price range? Is it down to imagination and budget? It, it really is. Um, you know, we can do, we do small playhouses that we can put on the back of a truck and ship somewhere. Wow. Um, we can do larger playgrounds. Uh, we did one that you can probably find on Google, uh, Lake Toxaway Nature Park. Uh, that's wow. incredible. Yeah, like that was that was a big one. Um, from there, it really got kind of the momentum going. And once the people in the, that neighborhood started bringing their kids and grandkids, uh, they started saying, "Hey, we want something similar to that out here where we're at." Um, so it's just so kind of grown since there. Going, fair play. Going from the corporate world um, and a steady, like a steady, was it a steady job, a steady income? regular holidays to yeah. um, sort of, are you self, would you class yourself as self-employed or are you employed through, through the, through this new business? We're self-employed. Yeah. So th there's, there's a great conversation. So you come home to your partner, your wife, and you say, um, you know, the steady income that we have, um, yeah. I'm going to knock that on the head and I'm going to go self-employed. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know every year I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's oh, start yeah. that. That's interesting. Yep. It was uh, it was definitely a, a shock to my wife when yeah. I came home and said, "Hey, I'm really considering this." 
Um, and it's a big leap, you know, you stand out on that ledge and you either got to jump or retreat. So, um, you know, we decided to jump and, uh, we prepared for it for about six months just to make sure that we'll be able to take care of everything. And yeah, there, you know, I, I was driving, uh, probably 600 miles a week, uh, to work and back before. So, you know, it was very easily a 12 hour day when I left the house to when I came back. So, yeah, uh, just to give that up and kind of be outside and in nature, um, is a true treat. And and then hanging out with one of my best friends and just doing stuff we love. So that that's, that's an amazing thing. Um, six 600 miles a week on any commute would be hard um and i wonder what that's done for your uh, sort of long-term mental health because i believe that this commute this grind that we all know where you are in the world it, it takes it out of you doesn't it it really does take it out of you it's it's a horrible thing um it does what was your what was your daily commute what you t- start talking 100 100 miles a day sort of thing 50 there 50 back well, that's about 60, 60 there, 60 back. So it was like 120. Um, right. Well, wow. but about three, an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back. So it was, uh, it was some long drives. And the way I go, I live over a mountain. And, you know, you, there's a one, one way. Like if you get almost to the bottom of the, the mountain and there's a tree across it, then you got to come back and go through a different town. And there's another 40 oh. minutes on your commute. So. Uh, it's definitely, definitely different. I used to carry around a chainsaw just so I could clear brush sometimes just to get on through there. Wow. Um, but I mean, it was, you know, and when I, I moved back up here to Brevard, uh, North yeah. Carolina, probably seven, eight years ago, um, and started that commute and there's a price for paradise and mine just happened to be in little cars just burning through them about every two years, um, just to nice. go to work and back. But, um, it was definitely a, a nice change to, to stop all that. And, you know, I, I had the three hours a day to where I finally just told myself, I said, I got three hours a day. I can either, you know, listen to something that's inspiring, uh, yeah. learn something like books on tape, like the audible. Yeah, yeah um, so I started blowing through that and, and learning probably a little more than my company at the time wanted me to learn, which is we only get one shot at this thing, you know, and, to enjoy it and I wanted to start enjoying it a little bit more than I had been. So. I think that's a it's a great that's a great mindset to have. Is that something you've always had or is that something you've had to find or you've got from somewhere else? What would you say? Uh I think it's just with age you you <laughs> you learn a lot more and you know when I was a young kid we were you were chasing that next shiny thing. And <laughs> at this point, I'm not looking for the shiny thing. I want, you know, time here with my family, with my wife, with my friends. Yeah. Um, and just enjoy it. So it's definitely been a, a nice change. I, I think it's a great point that you make about shiny things. Um, we've become so materialistic, so by numbers likes follows youtube subscribers like it's almost become its own currency and in a way i'm sort of i don't want to say i'm glad that covid19's come but i feel like it's a shot 
I feel like it's Mother Nature herself saying, you, you lot, as in you human beings, need to chill your beans because I've had enough of you. Um, yeah. Destructive, self-centred, arrogant. Um, you know, I still run the show, and if you don't start treating me better, you know, it's almost like this is our warning shot now. I know, I know we had the Spanish flu 100 years ago, but I feel like, again, we get these things every hundred years or so to sort of keep us in check. Um, and I like the way you said that you used to drive around with a chainsaw in the back of your car because that's good. That's um, that's good planning. If someone did that here in the UK, questions would be asked about why you were driving around with a, with a, with a chainsaw. It's not really, uh, not really something that you should ever have on you. Um, it sounds like you live in a beautiful part of America. Um, sort of describe it to us. Is it mountainous? Oh yeah, we're we're definitely in the mountains. We're right at the tail oh. end of the Appalachian Trail. So, oh, amazing, amazing! Yeah. I know about the Appalachian Trail. Um, what sort of uh, what sort of mountains have you got around there? Have you got any? What sort of, is the the biggest sort of well mountains you've got? Uh, Mount Mitchell is probably the largest one. Okay. Um, it's a, I believe it's a little, little over 5,000 feet. So it's the largest mountain on the East coast. It's in North Carolina. Nice. Um, and I've, and do you, do you and your wife and your family, do you go out sort of trekking and hiking in, in, in the, in the hills and the mountains? Well, we did until all this kind of yeah, went yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it was crazy. Like, you know, two weeks ago, uh, I went down to South Carolina, uh it's a drop my my son or my youngest son off and yeah it was it was crazy because we passed like north carolina they shut down all the the parks up here like all the right uh, national parks national parks you got pisgah dupont it's right around here and then you go into south carolina and they hadn't done it yet and there's these little dinky waterfalls that are on the side of the road on a highway and hundreds of people were parked on the side like gathered up looking at it and it's wow. like you know, this is what we're talking about, guys. That's why we shut down. But, uh, you know, they'll hopefully they'll figure it out. <laughs> well, it's it, 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 and people sometimes, I don't know, and it might be our arrogance as a, as a race. Um, sometimes we have to take the hard lesson. Do you know what I'm saying? We have to yes. take the loss and the L to say, oh, hang on a minute. We need, we need to come back from it a bit. But, no, it sounds um, it sounds like you live in, in, in an amazing part of America. It's it's somewhere that I've desperately wanted to go all my life and travel. And I know a few people who've gone to America and done the Route 66 and sort of gone around um, California and, and all that stuff. Where where have you been? Where's a holiday for you? Where would you go? Um, I've been I, when I was young. I used to do a lot of snow skiing. Um, so I've gone up to West Virginia, I've gone to Utah, Colorado a few times. Um, but I've been kind of everywhere. Uh, I've been to Chicago for business, Seattle, LA. Um, but even when you're out, like even on like a, a vacation or something, it's nothing's like home. Like when you come home, it's just, it's a different part of the world like we're really lucky to be in this area so yeah it's it it sounds it sounds amazing we're really lucky in the uk obviously america's a vast 
a vast place and the United Kingdom not so you can probably from, from from where I live I can probably get to every every part of it within four hours five hours at a push wow um, yeah. yeah it's 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 such a do you know what I mean and it's it's such a the UK is a small place um, but we have our own beauties as well I mean I know you've seen some of the photos that I've put up on LinkedIn before oh yeah I mean I've talked I, I'm you know before we start the podcast I talked about living so close to so many awesome castles um yeah yeah and there's just something about a castle and 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 i sort of resonate that with with what you're doing with these tree houses because they're just so spectacular so talk us through initially how do you get clients have you got a great social media team word of mouth um how, how do you advertise this thing because it seems to me that at the moment you prioritise your spending, don't you? So buying a treehouse might be classed as like a luxury, a luxury thing to do. Um, yeah. So how do you market it? I'm interested in market. Well, it's it's really like my partner that I work with on a daily basis. He had maybe five repeat clients for the last ten years. Right. Um, so each year they'd get him to come out and they collaborate and figure out what they'd want to do and then from there uh you know he'd start in on it and it was just kind of word of mouth and it's kind of continued that way um they don't really know me as far as one of the builders on this team as as they do jesse uh well both jesse turner and jesse morgan um but they really go to them for everything so uh, it's it's been it's been spectacular to, to hop on this and, and just ride the ship out and, and seeing what they're bringing to us because each day we're getting more and more, you know, requests for different things. And wow. um, it, we're about, I'd say eight, eight to nine months already booked up, just ready to do stuff. Um, now, depending on how all this kind of pans out, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, you know, we're, we're lucky then. And really, it's it's mostly grandparents wanting to do stuff for their grandkids. Um, oh, brilliant. That's, that's really kind of where the market leans. Like, you know, we've got grandkids that come up. We want to build them uh, a spectacular swing set or, you know, something like, uh, I don't know if the, the one you saw probably not too long ago on, on LinkedIn or Instagram where it's yeah. a big net. Yeah, and that, that was the one. Yeah, the net, yeah. yeah. And that was that was a all custom net. We we knotted every single knot on that thing, and then laid the fall net on it, and um, we ran everything on it. But they originally just wanted a swing set, and right. like, you know we could really do something spectacular here if you want us to. Um, and both Jesse Turner and and Morgan talked to them about it, and they're like, "Well, what do you think about doing a big fall net and then a platform and then." we can put multiple swings down here and do some other things. And they're like, you know what, just do it, go for it. And the idea was the, the way it laid out, they kind of wanted it to look like uh, if limbs had fallen out of a tree yeah, and you put got something that, yeah. on it. And that's kind of the way we went with it. Um, but I mean, you know, my buddy, Jesse Morgan, man, he's, he's probably one of the, best people i've ever seen cut things with a chainsaw like really just, wow it's amazing like he's he's done it so long 
Um, and he can grab up anything and, and just make it into whatever he wants it to. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's he an can interesting take wood and, and make it into like clay. Wow. It, it, it's amazing, isn't it? What some people do with the hands and with, with, with certain tools. Um, would you say there's a skill shortage sort of the generation maybe is behind you and the, and the, and the generations coming through what, what we would call college, you call sort of high school and, and, and that crossover, but like there's certain trades that are uh, almost, I don't want to say the word dying out, but things aren't as fashionable anymore. People want to be bloggers and YouTube creators and podcast hosts. And, and you know, those are great technical skills for technical era, but um, the skills that you have to be able to build something out of wood um, is what I class as a, like a life skill um, more so than being able to create a good YouTube. Um, what's do you take people on as an apprentice and, and, and sort of thinking about the future and, and where's that at in your, in the business? As far as taking like on an apprentice? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So sort of, we, we have a lot of skills in, in, in labor construction, um, conventional jobs that I suppose what would have, what would have been a, a man's job. Um, right. maybe 10, 10, 20 years ago, um, they're now struggling to fill. And even even such as the military has changed the way it recruits to catch people to, to, to join the military. And I feel like the construction companies are doing that now as well. Um, and I feel like every industry has to evolve. So eventually, um, you know, being a carpenter, you, you have to evolve the way you bring people into a business. And I'm just wondering... Is that something you've tackled now or thinking about tackling down the line? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I hope we were able to grow in such a way that we can bring on, you know, some, some people to kind of show them some things that we're doing. And I mean, really the big thing about like, you know, like I was telling you earlier, my father, yeah. he was a carpenter for 30 something years. Um, what we're doing is unconventional, you know, carpentry. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. There's no book. There's no directions on how this goes together. It's just how creative can you get and how well you can solve problems. Um, and that's something that I've always enjoyed is just taking, give me a problem and hopefully we can come up with a solution that, you know, is it works for everybody and everybody's happy with it. That's the biggest I, thing. It's just problem skills, problem solving. Yeah. So, I feel like this should be a T. I feel like this should be a TV show. Like, because they've done, <laughs> they've done sort of similar stuff, haven't they? Where they've got like shark tank, where they make fish tanks, and then they people make cakes, and then obviously I think the original one was sort of West Coast Customs, where they took bog standard cars and then turned them into sort of something really, really special. And I feel like when people see what you got done, I mean, I've been blown away with the stuff that I've seen. And one thing I've sort of noticed is, um culture sort of follows culture now halloween in the uk it's not really that big but we've definitely looked at the american model and gone actually we should be doing more because it's a great it is a great spectacle and every year more and more places all of a sudden are running halloween themed parties or a street will really go to town on decorating the street and we're really becoming a thing and it's the same with where we're from, 
we, you know, prom has only been a thing in the UK for five years. So yeah. the treehouse thing, who knows? You guys could import it into the UK and be the top treehouse people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could do it. We'd love to. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what sort of challenges do you face when, when building something like this? Because someone has an idea and someone has to deliver a plan and sometimes those two things aren't the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really some of like our biggest challenges here recently, like with the, that one little tree house that I just yeah. put up. Yeah. Um, we were a hundred yards from the truck. Like we had to carry all that stuff down by hand. Humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some big, big locust <laughs> beams that we carried down there and some big glue lambs and, and they, they, luckily the, the owner, he had built us a little small trail so we wouldn't break an ankle going through the woods. Wow. Um, but, I mean, that's just things like that and, and kind of, you know, as you get there, talking with you, you know, with Jesse and, and just saying, all right, what's our next step? And, and my whole goal is I know, like, he has everything kind of lined up in his mind, like mm. how this should go down. So I treat it like he's a surgeon and I'm just a nurse, like just make cool. sure he's set up for the next thing. And if, if you can do that as far as speed and making sure that you've got the answer for him before he asks the question, then you guys can fly through. Like, and we really have, as long as it's not raining, we can fly through some stuff. Really? And um, do you have to sort of, do you treat the wood in any way? I mean, what's the sort of shelf life on a, on a, on a treehouse, like maybe it's 50 years, a hundred years, depending. Yeah. Depending on what they do with it. Um, we like to use, uh, like a black locust wood. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like an East coast, uh, all natural pressure treated wood. Yeah. Um, it's comparable to pressure treated, but the thing that we, we try to pull and, and push to like our customers is, we really want to use this locust because we know it's all natural. There's not a bunch of yeah. arsenic and whatever else is in these pressure treated pieces of wood that yeah. they don't even know what's doing to us right now. So the more that you can keep your kids hands off of stuff like that and have an mm. all natural wood, the better off you're going to be. Um, so we, we really try to, to, to have it as natural as possible. Like normally like, on uh, platforms and stuff like that, you're going to have to use some pressure treated wood because it's yeah. available and it'd take us a week to cut all that out of locusts. So um, it just depends on what the customer wants too. Do you, um, do you fell your own trees or is there somewhere like a, a timber merchant where you collect your wood from? How does that work? We, we do a little bit of both. Um, right. If we have a big order, then we'll call some of our local guys that uh, that help us that go do a lot of tree work. And, you know, we had a, a big order for a landscape company uh, a couple months ago. They wanted, I think, 1,200 board feet of, of locust wood. And, you know, we just got one of our, our top performers and he got out there and got it to us within a month or so. Um, so it's just you know, depending on what they're wanting and, and they wanted it for uh fence material. So it, it can only right. be certain size. Yeah. And it was a lot of it. So, you know, finding that wood's another, that's another difficult thing, but so these guys that, you know, work these trees, they, they know where it's at. They kind of just, 
make a little uh, self note in the back of their mind. Hey, I might be able to get that for them later on, and then they can go back to it. So. I, I wonder. Obviously, is, how, how is it working at the moment? Obviously, COVID nineteen, everyone's sort of locked down. You certainly you can fall into the category of we have this category in the UK of key workers, and it's sort of been explained what a key worker is. Um, I don't know how it works in America, but you probably not going and putting three hours up is classed as key work. But are you? What are you doing? Are you trying to keep yourselves busy as you can in workshops? Have you got your own sort of workshop where you prepare lengths of wood and do cuts and sort of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, we've got a, a big sawmill uh, shop that we built probably the first of the year. Nice. Um, oh, wow. And that's that's really, we've got two big sawmills set up there and then a big, big spot to where we can build different things in there and kind of... Um, stage it as as we need it um so really about i guess three weeks ago uh when all this kind of started dropping and we really everybody really needed to start taking it serious um me and my partner said hey let's take two weeks off let's see where this goes i don't want to get you sick you don't want to get me sick like yeah let's just stay at home and see what happens and luckily we had just gone to the lumber yard and got enough uh, material where he kind of by himself put some of the the pieces together on the treehouse. Yeah. Um. So he was able to stay busy, and then of course I didn't really have all that over at my place. So yeah. our yard looked awesome because we just had to keep pushing and doing something. There's um. There's something about the smell of fresh, like fresh cut wood, isn't it? It's a nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, like it, it's a it's a nice it's a nice thing. Um. What's the sort of, I'm interested because a friend of mine owns a, 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 a door company in the UK and it's called the Grand Victorian Doors. And he basically, he either revamps a door or he completely makes a door from scratch. And I'll tell you what I'll do, Adam, and after this, I'll, I'll tag you in some of his stuff on LinkedIn and you'll be totally blown away because his, his yeah. craftsmanship is, is second to none. And he's the only guy in the UK who can make... Um, doors like that um yeah. and i'm always i'm always fascinated by it there's something about a, a really good craftsman isn't there which just makes you stand and just stare and think how is a human being like what a skill to be able to make something like that um what would you say is the greatest thing you've made is there anything you've got like a grand accomplishment somewhere you build your own house <laughs> no no i didn't build my own house um not yet but we are we are thinking about uh hopefully buying some land and starting to do like a treehouse commune uh nice right up the road from us nice um we've got a couple ideas and if if we can we can do it i might end up living up in a treehouse someday in the next couple of years which would be fine by me um yeah well it, definitely that'd be cool yeah, this. I suppose all you need is a strong, a strong tree to build it in, and and that's it. You're away, off you go. Um, yeah, and and what's crazy is these uh, the tabs that we use. Um, they're structurally sound for up to fifty thousand pounds. Wow! So, <laughs> like the the one with the big net, we put four of them. So you could have up to two hundred thousand pounds on top of that, and it never budged. That's crazy. Um. So it's it's we really like to beef it up and make it to where there's no worry. And the great thing about these tabs are they're essentially like prosthetic arms for trees. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So you drill it in and then once it starts growing around it, it just says, Hey, here's another limb that's inside me. Let's just continue on. So yeah, it's really cool. It, I know you're, you're busy with work, but we all have to in our businesses, we all have to find a way to keep busy. Um, and I just wonder, we have sort of housing developments here where people with external skills, like a landscape gardener, will go to a housing company and say, look, instead of just putting a basic lawn in, put it to your customer, um, you could have a bespoke landscape garden. You know, so when you're moving to your new home, there's an option to put a, land, a proper landscape garden in. I just wondered if you'd ever thought about approaching like a developer and saying, look, yeah, they can have this dream house, but as well, we could build a dream, something for the kids. Like that's real extra, sort of what we call going the extra mile. I wonder if you've ever yeah. thought about going down that road. Well, and really the way we can kind of make everyone happy with that is to find a neighborhood and just have a common area that they want to play around and then just wow. go crazy on that. You know, <laughs> that, that seems to work really well instead of like, yeah. individual little playhouses or a place where all the kids can kind of come together. And, um, and what do you do there? Do you approach, would there be like a, a, a communal center that you approach and then everyone sort of chips in to get it built? Yep. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's great because you're going for the head of the snake, aren't you? Instead of chasing all the little yeah. tails, you're just going straight for the Wow. It's a great yeah, way to do It's a great way to do business. Um, how do you find social media? Do you have any, competitors uh like competitors yeah do you have anyone sort of you know social media is a great tool for letting people see what you do but as well it's also a great yeah. tool for letting the competition see what you do yeah oh yeah no and yeah. i welcome it like i think everyone should be able to succeed so if there's 100%. someone that's doing it you know a state away that's doing the same thing go for it man i think we need to have more of this yeah i mean you really, you really want to push everyone to be successful in minds and nobody should say, Oh, this is only us. And, you know, I mean, of course there's going to be that, you know, yeah, yeah. but as far as my ego, I've got no ego. I know I can, I'm just a human and you know, I fail and it's what you do with it. Do you learn from you, it or do you do it again? I'm going to, I'm going to have a little bit of a stab in the dark here. I think you listen to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> no, not really. You I don't. know who he is. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Because you, the things that you're saying, that's like his take <laughs> on life. Do you know what I mean? And I listen really? to people. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I ask a certain question and how they answer it. And I can, that's like a very Gary V thing to say. Do you know what I mean? Like I want other people yeah. to win. Um, I have no ego. Like that's what he's all about. So, he, he, that guy's, uh, that guy's everywhere. So on that, um, working outdoors, it's great. But what do you do sometimes to fill the time? Do you listen to podcasts or audio books or how, how does it work? Yeah. I mean, usually we'll throw on, like if we're traveling down to the treehouse, we'll throw on Rogan or listen to Theo Vaughn or, you know, the comedians, we want to laugh, you know, yeah. and just enjoy it. I, I like um, the, I know who Theo Vaughn is. I like Theo Vaughn. He's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's right. uh, he's an interesting character. I like the um, I like the King and the Sting podcast. Him and um, Brennan Sharp. Yeah. I think it's Brennan. class. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, funny. Yeah. yeah, it makes me chuckle. It's great. Um, did you just hear the episode 
um, when they were talking about the Tiger King. I mean, the whole world's been obsessed with the Tiger King. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... That that took over just kind of like the virus, man. I mean, it was yeah. insane. Um, it, but yeah. It's great. It's great timing for um, Exotic Joe because actually the whole world or the whole Western world has been off and everyone on social media from everywhere has been saying, wow, is anybody watching this show on Netflix? It's absolutely crazy. Um, And obviously, (laughs) I mean, we watched it and I I had a great time. Um, I just can't, it's hard, I suppose, to to watch a program like that and think, how can one guy have so many exotic animals and no one's saying like, how's this been allowed? (laughs) It's yeah, great. I it's, know. Yeah. Well, and then when great. you come to find out, there's multiple multiple ones like all over the U.S. Like, I don't know. You know, you, it, you, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely interesting. Give give a guy of fifty acres, a bunch of tigers, and a little mess, and you can make something spectacular. And you, and you can make a crazy TV program that's encapsulated <laughs> the entire. I, I was saying. Um, I've been saying, I hope they make a movie. I think there's a movie in there. Definitely. I think, I think oh, it's yeah. just, it's just enough crazy um, t- to make a movie. And then, I, I mean, not, not political point of view, but you know, I, when I was listening to the, um, the Donald, as he likes to call himself um, talking, even he was talking about the Tiger King. And I was like, this is absolutely, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is mental now. And I was like, other, other people might have just said, I'm not talking about it, but like he just went on a big mission about the Tiger King, and I was like, I bet he's going to watch it now on Netflix. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the character. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure he has. Yeah, hey, you never know. Um, you could end up building something for Exotic Joe when he gets out. He might hear about you and think <laughs> I need something. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You don't know how the world's going to work, do you? I mean, the power of the power of social media, the power of the internet. Um, however it works, well, me and you got connected. Um, here we are now doing a podcast half the right. world away it's right you know and just because I always think out of every bad situation there is always a good thing comes out of it so using the Tiger King for example his chaotic lifestyle that he led at, at a certain point has now swung in his favour because the entire world can you imagine what sort of like he'll end up having, he'll probably end up doing a podcast. He'll end up um, being a TV star. Like so much, everything that he wanted to be, which was famous, he will now get. And yeah, it's took it's took a, a global pandemic for it to happen. But now he'll end up getting what he always wanted, and that was to be to be famous. <laughs> yeah, and he got it. Unfortunately, he's behind bars while he's famous, so which is what's really yeah. sucks. I think he'll end up getting out. <laughs> It probably will, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he'll get he'll get enough. What he lacked, he lacked money, didn't he? Uh, and yeah. now he probably find he he'll end up getting money. He'll be able to get a good sort of defense team, and he'll be able to cut a deal and get his sentence reduced, and then he'll be back out on the streets. And yeah. then, God knows, he'll end up opening another zoo somewhere and have another thousand tigers. Yeah. Um, but hey. God bless him. He's made me laugh during the uh, COVID nineteen <laughs> crisis. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> he's that definitely sure. made everyone laugh. Um, yeah, he certainly has. Uh, Adam, it's been great chatting with you. I'm going to sort of draw on the close down of the show now, um, which is the five watts. 
Um, so obviously COVID-19 has forced a lot of us to change our routine. Um, me being an ex-soldier, routine is something that I must have. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'll end up like Exotic Joe, but with cats. <laughs> maybe without the meth um, who knows anyway so uh, what does your day look like talk us through your routine uh, really just wake up uh, and then ride over to my, my buddy's house where we load up our tools Yeah. luckily we're a two man crew and yeah. he's been as safe as I have so yeah. uh, we totally trust each other so we'll yeah. Hop in and and you know we're we're really lucky because we don't we don't work in an office. Our office is yeah. outside, and you get to be outside fresh air all day long, and and uh, from there just get about your day and try to complete as much as you can. Fair play. That sounds it's uh, I I love the outdoors and I I'm really missing it. In fact, today I should have been running a um, massive sort of forty mile event across a. Uh, national park that we have close to me um for for like a charity organization but obviously um the old mass gathering things out out the window at the moment so right hey, yeah improv, improvise adapt and overcome um second one what workouts are you doing i suppose you do quite a labor intensive job do you so maybe you don't need to work out as much well i i would consider my job kind of like i compare it to like caveman crossfit you just <laughs> grabbing up logs and throwing them around and you know we'll we'll grab these these locust logs they're dense and yeah you know, eight foot log that's eight inches around it can weigh 200 pounds wow. especially if you're having to travel down of you know 100 100 yards from the truck it's a workout now i'll do yeah. push-ups and stuff in the morning just to kind of get my blood going get kind of woke up but yeah other than that yeah, just going to work. That's a workout. Caveman, I like that. Caveman CrossFit functional fitness. <laughs> yeah. Z- zombie zombie apocalypse fitness. That is like all time. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, third one, uh, what have you started? Have you started anything new in the middle of this crisis? I really just kind of you're starting a routine. If you do have to go out somewhere, you know, mm. you, you glove up, you mask up, you've got your hand sanitizer in your truck. As soon as you get in, you strip down. And like, if you, you we're wiping down beer at this point, just cause you don't know, like you, yeah. you wipe down everything. Um, so that's really the newest routine. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And it's one thing that we learned in, in the army was, um, MBC, which is nuclear chemical biological warfare so like that's how i'm treating it as every surface is a potential contaminant so everything i touch um i mean i've got my hand sanitizer here but i'm the same you know social distance um shoes off in the back in the back garden um and all all that good stuff do you know what i mean like constantly washing clothes constantly cleaning the house all the time that's the way you should that's the way you should look at it like if you could see with our with our eyes, the virus, no one would ever leave the house, dude. No one would no, because you'd be no. like, "Holy shit!" Because no yeah. knowledge is power and ignorance is bliss. And because we can't see yeah. this virus, we float around. But it actually, it's all it's all over us at, at a lot of times. So now it's an interesting one. New 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 routine. Um, what have you stopped doing? 
Uh, stop stop going to the store in the evening like <laughs> you know usually go pick up like a 12 pack on the way home it's like yeah. now you go once a week you load up and just make sure you don't have to go anywhere like it's it's really planning ahead and making sure that you're not having to stop at those gas stations mm. and stop at little places like bringing you lunch now because you mm. really can't go out anywhere so what's your what's your man what's that what do you drink what alcohol uh mostly like Coors original the banquet okay. beer yeah Fair play. um they're light and you can drink more than just one or two and not feel like you need a driver so uh <laughs> you know just just to relax a little bit but other than that not not much of anything else Fair play. Um, fifth and final one uh, what's the first thing you're going to do after lockdown Oof. Uh, you know I I really I really want to just get back in the woods like I know <laughs> I'm kind of outdoors but like to take a trek out and go camping like with mm. my family I think that's that's going to be key you know I, mm. I want to get out there and show them that you know, we, we've been missing the nature that uh, we've been locked away from for so long. So hopefully we, we can get everyone back out. Yeah, look, we, we always take everything for granted because we always say next week, I'll do it next week, or I'll go next time. But at the moment, you know, there is no next time because all of us, I think, worldwide, um, we're definitely looking at a lockdown in the UK until the end of April, definitely. Um, yeah. and even then I think if we do get sanctions lifted I think it'll be a sort of a curfew status to, to monitor it I, I really feel like 2020 will be completely almost written off if I'm honest um, Yeah. and I think after it comes back I would like to see a few things n- never return um, we, got, we got unkind we definitely got unkind we, we we tore ourselves apart for the last three years over um, Brexit, Remain, Leave, European Union, not European Union. Like we really, really went hammer and tong at each other. Um, and we missed the real danger that was coming on the horizon because we were too busy just tearing chunks out of each other. And I think it's sort of, maybe it's a similar situation between the Democrats and the Republicans in, in, in your world where they've just got so focused on disliking each other so much that they can miss such a big thing coming over the horizon. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like lessons, lessons have to be learned about, um, you know, political point scoring in times of crisis. I don't think it, it doesn't help the situation. It doesn't move us forward as a race of people. And we'll either learn from it or otherwise, we, next time we have a, vir- a virus or, or a world war, or whatever, they won't be coming back from it. Um, nah. So, no, it's, it's great. Look, Adam, I really appreciate you coming. You've been the first the first guest from America and I think it's great what you're doing with these tree houses I think um, we have to give kids inspiration and give them a place where they want to be within nature and as well I would rather have a kid playing in a tree house than playing on an Xbox or a Playstation um, exactly and I think what you're doing there with the stuff that you're doing is definitely you know it's, it's creating that imagination and imagination builds innovators leaders and the next generation of, of great thinkers. So 
Adam, t- tell the world where they can find your business, um, social media, website, uh, and go f- go for the stars. Yeah, um, well, our website is wildchildworkshop.com. Uh, yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and Facebook as well, all at Adam Sinyard, uh, A-D-A-M-S-I-N-I-A-R-D, yeah. um, at all of those. So I love connecting with people. I love yeah. seeing the other people and what they're doing. And, you know, don't be afraid to go out there and fail. Make something of yourself and, you know, just get out there and do something hard, even if it's something that you don't want to do and learn something right now, because we got this time to, to, we can learn something. And, you know, I hope it inspires someone to go out there and build something, go build a fort, go build something. All we did was we grew up with uh, building forts and playhouses when we were kids. And now we've got tools and stuff and we can actually do it. So we're still kids at heart. We're just playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Adam's been a fantastic guest. Uh, Adam, thanks very much for coming on the show and uh, have a great rest of your Saturday and have a great Absolutely, John. It's been a pleasure and you guys be safe over there and hopefully we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Cheers, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, brother.